0: The following audio is from All Saints Church. For more information about the church, please visit our website at allsaintsgb.org. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. we thank you for your word. story. story. Greats. Well, as Pastor Jad mentioned, my name is Ben Hallett. I'm one of the ruling elders here at All Saints. It's a joy and a privilege to be able to open God's word with you this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that light has come. Father, guide our hearts, guide our minds through this time this morning. Lord, Teach us, lead us, transform us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been in darkness? Total darkness? Can't see, hand in front of your face, darkness? I remember as a kid, we went on a cave tour. We went through the meandering, winding tunnels into a large, open cavern. If you've ever done one, you'll know. In this cavern the echoes of the sounds, and the guide gives a word, and with the word, lights out, gone, darkness. Your senses are heightened when your eyes can't see. You're looking and there's nothing there. You can literally wave your hand in front of your face. Nothing, darkness, darkness that feels thick and heavy in the underground air. Darkness prevents even the remotest ability to see, true and near total darkness. Darkness is defined as the partial or total absence of light. Our text today, John 1, is written originally to a people who felt the absence of light and wondered, would it return? God had been silent for 400 years. No word of the Lord, no (laughs) prophets, silence. Darkness, it's written to us too. Now, 2,000 years after Christ, is God coming? Will there be light? Is there still light? Like its original readers, the author wants them and us to know that into the darkness, God came. Into Into the disorder, the Creator came to dawn a new creation. Into the separation, the firstborn son came to make us his family, and into humanity, the God-Man came to dwell with his people. Because God has come into the darkness, we all saints can walk in the light. Point one: First, the Creator has come. Look at me with, look with me at verses one through eight. John begins with a phrase that's familiar to his readers and familiar to us too in the beginning. The echoes of the first creation, Genesis 1, are clear. Immediately, he introduces us to the Word, who was with God, who was God, who created all things. The Word was there at the beginning, both with God, with God, in relationship with God, and as God, a reference to the Trinitarian nature of our God. God's word, as defined by one writer, is his powerful self-expression in creation, revelation, and salvation. And this self-expression is now a person. The word, namely God's ultimate self-disclosure, his son. This word is the source of life, and that life is the light of the world. Again, in echoes of the Genesis creation account, we're reminded that God breathes life into man. But remember in Genesis 3, the turning from God of humanity with the bite of the fruit, the penalty and due reward for that action is death, the removal of life, the separation of relationship from him. It's a sentence that remains on all humankind today and one which reverberates through the whole of creation, right? We see it, feel it. But it's one that comes with a promised remedy, the promise of the seed of a woman who would crush the head of the serpent. John then introduces us to a witness, also named John. This John is John the Baptist as referred to elsewhere in scripture, and he has been sent to bear witness to the light. John has come to announce the arrival of the seed of the woman. John's announcement signifies the breaking of the silence, the dawning of a new age, the dawning of the new creation, where the creator begins the restoration of his fallen creation. The brokenness around us, it it seems common. It's become what feels like the natural course, the creation account tells us a different story. When God spoke, it came to be, and it was good. It's the brokenness around us that's unnatural. If you want to know what the new creation looks like, look at the life of Christ. For example, Luke 5 tells us of a paralyzed man. Jesus says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately, this paralyzed man rose up before them, picked up what what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Pastor and writer Dane Ortland points out, when Jesus performed miracles, he was not doing violence to the natural order. No, he was restoring the natural order to the way it was meant to be. Blind people were supposed to see, lame people were supposed to walk. Demons did not belong in people. The world as it is is the subnatural, the unnatural, marred by sin and under the curse. But Jesus coming, The coming of the word is the dawn of the restoration of things to the way they were created to be. We like to sing a song here at All Saints that starts with a question. Do you feel the world is broken? We respond in unison, we do. I was reading a headline this past week summarizing the the events of 2022. And the headline was, it feels as if the world is bursting at its seams. Do you feel the world is broken? Maybe it's not the world out there that feels broken. Maybe it's the world in here. Maybe it's your own world that feels broken. The inability to manage the unending chaos, the unending disorder in your life. Will it ever get better? Will this ever seem normal? A call from a doctor confirming the diagnosis that you feared. the darkness of depression that won't lift. To walk in the light of a new creation is to know that the brokenness we see and the brokenness that we feel is not the end. Do you believe that there's hope, all saints? Do you believe that there's hope? Hope is only as good as the thing that is hoped in. And John 1 shows us a place that we can hope, a sure hope. Our God, he sees the darkness. Our God, he enters the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome, even when it feels like it. 400 years of silence. In the chaos, the diagnosis, the depression, God sees, he knows, he comes into the darkness. God has come into the darkness to inaugurate a new dawn, a dawn of the restoration of all things. Hold on to hope, all saints. We can hold on to that hope in here, and we can take that hope out there with us. Not only is the creator come but the firstborn son has come. Look with me at verses nine through 13. The light that is visible to everyone, a reference to what's termed general revelation or the, the revelation of God that is in creation. How creation itself points back up to a creator. This light was coming into the world. But not just coming into the world generally but coming to a people, his people the ones who have heard the prophets, the ones redeemed out of Egypt like we've just gone through in Exodus, his people, the ones who should know their Messiah when he comes. Yet, those people don't receive him, we're told. But, big word in scripture, but, those who do receive him, who believe in his name, who acknowledge all that he is, he gives those rights those people the right to become the children of God. He files the paperwork, he stands before the judge, he finalizes the adoption. No longer children of darkness, children of light. Children of God. How does one come to be a child of God? John tells us it's not of blood, not of flesh, not of the will of man. This isn't a natural birth. This isn't a birth where genealogy matters parents, descendancy matters. It's a birth of God. A birth where the criteria is belief in the word who has come. A birth that we are invited into. A family that we are invited into. The word we are told in verse 14 is the son of God. As God himself, the word is the son by nature. He shares the divinity and the nature of God. All that God is, he is. All that he is, God is. We, through belief in his name, are made children of God by adoption. We're not made divine in the sense of we don't become God, but we receive all the benefits of the Son. We share in his inheritance. We're restored into relationship with the Father and the Son and the Spirit. The relationship that was broken by our sin in the garden is restored, brought back through him, we now have access to the Father. We can come to the Father, not as subjects to a king, but as children to a Father, as children to a loving and tender Father. And there, with our Father, we will find grace to help in time of need. So what does it look like to walk in light of our relationship gained by the firstborn son? Coming out of the holiday season, maybe you feel this more acutely this year. I certainly did. Maybe for the first time, around the table, someone was missing. Maybe the real impact of a broken relationship was felt. Or maybe the grief of loss crashed over you like a wave, again. No saint, you have an elder brother in Christ who empathizes with you, who knows the pain of loss, the pain of rejection, and he loves you. And know, all saints, that the Father is your Father. Feel the love of the Father for his children. Run to the love of the Father with your pain and find in the love of the Father, find in the love of the Father a comforter. Know in the love of the Father you have a family, all saints, children of God, his church. May even in this church you find a family, other children of God walking together in the light. And finally, look at verse 14 with me and see the God-man come. Not only is the creator dawning a new creation, not only is the firstborn bringing many into the family, but the God-man has come to dwell with his people. How will this new creation begin and this adoption of the children of God be completed by God himself coming to us? The word who is God became flesh. He took on humanity and dwelt among his creation. Pause here. We love we love the advent season, don't we? The anticipation of Christmas as we remember they're waiting for the Messiah and remind ourselves that we are still waiting for the final restoration. We must not let the sentimentality of this season dull the wonder that God became flesh. He came. Not only did he come, though, he came as a humble baby, as dependent as you can imagine. Amanda and I, we have an (laughs) eighth-month-old. We know the dependency of a baby, the constant dependency of a baby. God became a baby. The wonder of the humility of Christ to take on human form. John writes that the word came and dwelt among us. The word dwelt is that which means tabernacled or pitched his tent. Right after the text, right after the text we left off in Exodus, after the people of God leave Egypt, God instructs his people to build a tabernacle, a place where His people could meet with him. And he could be with his people. And so Jesus, the God-man, comes and pitches his tent with us. Once again, to be with his people. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, the relationship between God and man has been broken. And a thread of redemption is, how will God once again dwell with his people? God has come to repair what we broke and we couldn't fix. God has come to dwell with us when we were unable to dwell with him. He came into the brokenness and mess, and he made his home here. Think of the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, right? You know the Sunday school song? Zacchaeus wasn't a liked or a likable guy. In fact, there were probably a lot of people who would like to meet Zacchaeus in the proverbial alley and have a word with him. He was a tax collector, and not just a tax collector, but a tax collector who stole from people. We're told that Zacchaeus climbs a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. Instead, Jesus comes to him. I'm coming to your house today, Zacchaeus. I'm coming to dwell with you. Zacchaeus. Notice what this God-man brings when he comes. He reflects the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, echoes of Exodus ring out as Moses in Exodus 33 asked to see God's glory. When God passes before Moses, he proclaims, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. The connection's not as immediately clear to us in the English translations, but the words for steadfast love and faithfulness in Exodus 34 are the words grace and truth in John 1. The Lord, the one who forgives iniquity, the one who forgives transgressions and sins, the Lord of the Exodus. This is the one who comes. The steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord, the grace and truth of the Lord revealed in the God-man come. Zacchaeus got it. Zacchaeus received the steadfast love and faithfulness. Jesus says of him, salvation has come to this house. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The fullness of God shown to us in the God-man. Have you seen it? Do you know the grace and truth of this God-man, of this Lord? Have you encountered the steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord? A committed love? that doesn't let go when you feel like you can't hold on? A faithful love that doesn't let go when you return to the same sin over and over and over? It is then and there that God has pitched his tent with us. It is then and there he holds out his hands and says, see my steadfast love. See my love given to you, my faithful love for you. See the love of God displayed in the God-man come to us. Do you feel darkness at this time of year? Do you feel it? The long, cold nights can be just a reflection of what the reality that so many of us feel. The holidays are past, the gatherings, the celebrations, the distractions. They fade with the turning of the calendar. Where will you find light in the new year? What is going to be your hope in the darkness? Who is gonna be your family in the loneliness? The God who came made his dwelling among us. He has given us his spirit to remain with us and he's coming again to us. Once again, we will walk with God in the cool of the day as the storyline of scripture leads us back to the garden. Once again, God will dwell with his people, the creator in his restored creation, the firstborn son with the family of God, and the God-man dwelling among his people. Hear these words from Revelation 21 in conclusion. Bask in the light of God who's come nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Let's pray. Father, thank you that the word has come. Thank you that Jesus has come. And in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Grace and truth was pleased to dwell. Thank you that the dawn of a new creation has begun and we can hold on to hope. Lead us in hope from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.